Episode 204 of the Biv and James Oz Show. It's time for me to change. Alrighty, team, welcome along to episode 204 of the Biv and James Oz Show, the fortnightly podcast that creates a lifetime love of fitness so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Today, I'm going deep into my own little life because I've had some hmm, confronting experiences, not, not in a bad confronting way, but I've had some experiences recently that's taught me that it's, it's time for me to make some change in my life and some quite dramatic change really um, and I want to share it with you and it's one of those ones where I'm going to be talking a lot about my life and, and sometimes it's this, this podcast um, and it's one of those ones where just by sharing there might be some insight into helping you maybe do some reflection and maybe there'll be something in there that can help you think maybe you need to also create some change in life or maybe you'll just go you know what I'm kicking butt Bev I'm happy where I am uh, before I get into the main just of the show I do want to say uh, I had my operation it's now been just over a month ago and it has been a really interesting experience and uh, I did the podcast a couple episodes ago where I talked about managing the cost of this time and, and I've really stuck on path if you go back and listen to that podcast I've managed my health and fitness really well um, I've managed my emotions really well. Uh, I have had a bit of a bump in the road because unfortunately there's kind of a nerve pain in my top hamstring working into my glutes, which unfortunately means the pathway back to exercise is a little bit slower than maybe I hoped that it would be. But again, I'm just trying to keep the attitude right. And so it is a, it's a real kind of, it's a real journey. Um, but I, I am proud of how I am managing this time because I do want to get to the other side of this and be able to exercise how I love and to be able to challenge myself physically. And I have to admit, I like the idea of being an athlete again. And, and as much as I am a physical man and I have a job that's very physical, I haven't really been an athlete for the last probably, well, eight years of my life. I've had a couple of athletic moments in that time, but I haven't really been an athlete. And I, I'm kind of as you'll learn in today's show, I am looking forward to kind of challenging myself to be an athlete within context, within a context of a life that works for me. So for example, I want to be an athlete who can achieve goals with under 10 hours of training a week. So it's not that 20, 30 hours of training that I'm used to in the past in my life, but it's, you know, just having some challenges that are really healthy for me is something I do want to do within that context. Um, so I have to be patient right now and I am being patient. And so you know, if you are, you know, if you do go back and listen to a couple of episodes, I'm kind of now a month down the line, and I am sticking to the plan that I had there, but I am itching to get back, and I've just got to be patient because it's all that I can do to look after myself in that way. Uh, okay, so I just want to, before I get into the main gist of today's show, I do want to say a big thank you to all the patrons of the show. Uh, these are the people who donate to this podcast, and basically every time I release a podcast, what they do is they give a little bit of their hard-earned money my way, and it's just a good way to support the show. As you can see with this podcast, I'm always trying to, you know, I'm not trying to just say, hey, lose weight, hit six-pack abs, I'm trying to teach a deeper insight into what creates behaviors that help you love exercise for the long term, and so it, it is a bit of a niche kind of podcast, um, although my audience is pretty big, which is really great, uh, but some people do support financially, and when you become a 
patron of the podcast, all you need to do is to go to bevanjamesisles.com, click on podcast, click on support me, and then go through the process. And you can donate as little or as much as you want to at that time. And when you do, you get a cool Bevan James Isles Show podcast nickname. And here are a few of the people. We've got Sarah, the Oracle Heel. We've got Scott Akadaka Young. We've got David, the Unstoppable Storm Hail. We've got Powell, the Mystery. We've got Karina, Lifting Higher. And then we've got Rosa Scott, a deeper level. Uh, yeah, so if you want to become a patron, go to bevanjamesisles.com. And for those people who are patrons, and I didn't name you right now, thank you so much for being a patron of this show. Anyway, let's get into the main gist of today's show because I think there's some, some insight in there for you. So let's check it out. I often think in life, the best tool you can have in life is awareness tools. I really do. I really think that when you think about any change moment in your life, it's often before that moment you've had a moment of awareness. And that awareness can come from a tough moment. I, I, I've talked about that moment when I realized I need to give up drugs, when one of my best druggie mates said to me, Bevan, you realize we're a druggie. And then suddenly I realized I was a, I was a druggie. That was an awareness moment. Sometimes it can come from disappointment. You know, you, you, you kind of wake up and you realize you're in a job that you don't like and you think, geez, I need to make some change. And then to me, the best form of awareness is to have tools in your life that allow you to be aware in your life. And it's if I do one thing well in life, although maybe today's show will kind of disprove this, but if I do one thing life well in life, I think I have good awareness tools. Things like the five-year journal, things like nightly journaling, things like my goal-setting process, things like my Bevan book. These are all little tools that help me Keep aware of how I'm doing in life. And today, or recently, and maybe as I think about my awareness tools I use currently, my awareness tools I use currently are very much just about almost like a day-to-day thing. But recently, in the last three or four months of my life, I've had some awareness tools that have made me realize I haven't really developed myself as much as I could in the last 10 years. I say it again, I've, I've had some awareness tools that have made me realize that I haven't developed myself as much as I potentially could have in the last 10 years. Let me take a step back. So uh, I love listening to books and one of the things, I and you would have heard me talk about this on the show if you're, if you're listening for a long time, is I kind of have this strategy of listen to books and then if you think there's a good book, buy the book and study the book. And the whole idea is because, you know, what it's like a lot of books, there's just a lot of same content. Um, a lot of books, you know, you kind of don't, there's not much value in. So I like the idea of like when I eat and drive, so when I'm eat, preparing a meal, eating a meal, I'll be listening to a book. And when I drive, I try to listen to a book. And then other times I listen to podcasts for more for my entertainment. And then once I've done that, I kind of, if there's a real book I like, I buy the book. And then I actually try to study the book. Because to me, if there's a book that's adding value to your life, it, it doesn't, what's the point of having value if you haven't applied the lessons of that book? And a book that's, an author I like, who around small businesses, a guy called Mike, now, I'm going to say Mikolowski, I guarantee I've got that wrong. Um, but he's written a few book, 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 book uh, good books. One's called Profit First, which I, I highly recommend for any small business owner. Uh, one called Pumpkin Patch. One called Fix This Next. If you if you own small business, I highly recommend you you look up his work. He does very good small business books. But a book that he wrote a couple of years ago, which I bought, well, I bought as an audio book, probably mid last year, was called Clockwork. 
And I listened to this book and I and it was one of these books that as I listened to it, I realized, geez, I've got all the problems this guy talks about here. And the basic premise of the work, the clockwork book, so then I bought the book and then Joe and I have worked on studying this book and we're kind of in this process of applying this. And the basic premise of, of this book, and I, and I may have even talked about it on this podcast, was um, small business owners get in the trap of doing. And what does that mean? Well, ultimately, their vision and their reach gets limited because they do everything themselves. You know, anyone who's been in small business or heard about small businesses that work on your business, not in your business. And when I read this book, I suddenly realized that I was working in my business. And, and what he gets you to do in this book, he's kind of, he talks about these four processes. And, I, and again, I'm not going to go to too much details because I think I have talked about this on this podcast. But one thing you had to do was a time audit. You had to do a time audit of every 15 minutes of your week. And not just your work, like every 15 minutes of your week. Now, I'm a really organized person. Like I sit down, have my weekly meeting. So I kind of thought this would be an easy thing to do. But as you're doing it, you also had to say, sorry, I bumped my table there. He, he said you had to, to define the four areas. Is it doing, deciding, delegating, or designing? Because in his book, he's saying that business owners should just be designing. Designing improvements on their products and designing new products to go alongside their business. So both Joe, my wife, and I, we sat down for a week and we did this religiously. She's, she's very disciplined, so I did it, she did it. And at the end of the week, it became very obvious that 99.9% of our time is just doing it's just the same stuff we did last week. There's not really much designing of making our products or, or better or creating new products. So this is a real confrontational kind of moment for me because it made me realize something that was actually a bit of a scary thing. And, and, and I don't say this in a way that's a bad thing. I'm using it as an ambitious thing, but it was a scary thing. It made me realize I am living off the things I created in the last five, 10 years. Like my running business. Really proud of my running business. It's a business I think we have a big impact on the people who use our product. But I created it 10 years ago. And when you look at what the product is today, there's, there's an evolution. But it's a pretty slow evolution in those 10 years. Like if we look at the number of people we're helping, it, it's gone up each year. And, you know, there's been improvements. But it's not a huge jump. You know, when I think of the impact that we have on people's life, if I could help thousands of people, imagine what I could do. But I haven't. And so this was quite a conf confronting, confronting moment for me because suddenly I realized that I needed to change this. So then the next stage of this book is you've got to go through all your roles. And what he does is the whole idea is you're trying to offload your work so that you get to a place where you are just being a designer. This is the whole objective of this time is that you're getting to this place. And so then the next stage was is you have to kind of record how you work. So you, you basically write down all your roles, all the tasks within this role. So you might say, for example, one of my roles is podcasting. Okay, so part of being a podcaster is the creation, the recording, and then all the work that goes alongside it. So for this podcast, obviously, I need to do the creation and the recording. But the, the work that happens after the fact is something that maybe I don't need to do. So really what you need to do is create these systems. Now, as I was creating these systems of how I worked, it was a real eye-opener because actually most of the work that I do each week is a copy and paste duplicated experience which does not stretch me at all. 
I say it again, most of the work I do each week is a, a duplicated experience, a copy and paste experience that does not challenge me at all. And actually, as you kind of recorded myself systemizing it, it'd be very easy to get somebody else to do this work. Like, it's, it's not rocket science. And this is one of the problems I discovered in this moment, is that I haven't really challenged myself. I haven't really challenged myself. And, and, I, and I like to think that I am somebody who challenges myself. I like to think that I, I kind of like to stretch myself as a person. I like, to, you know, I like to think that I'm someone who stands up to a challenge, who embraces what life has to offer when it comes to challenge. And I can say that, and in some ways in my life you can kind of look at me and say, well, he has had success. But again, if you look at the last 10 years of my life, I definitely haven't grown as much as I can. And I'm definitely not living that much time in the stretch. I'm not living that much time in the challenge. And this is quite a con confronting moment for me. Because here I am, I, I, I'm a guy who gives advice. I'm here a guy, I'm a guy who promotes wills, which stretches and challenges people. And, and, I, and I always talk about personal credibility. If you want to be a leader, you need personal credibility. And I, and I kind of felt I had that. But then when you pull back the curtain, I'm kind of a, a, a bit like the Wizard of Oz. Turns out that I haven't been stretching myself. I haven't been challenging myself. I haven't been having as much impact that I fundamentally believe I can have and that I want to have. And this made me realize I needed to create some change. Because while, and, and this is one of the things, because one of the things when you discover this is it's almost like you can justify it. Like I can justify, well, it's that kind of good as the enemy or great. Like if you look at my life right now, I've got a good life. I, I do the thing I love. People appreciate my work. I, I still get to have an impact. But again, if you look at how I'm living my life, I'm not really stretching. I'm not really challenging. I'm not having the impact in the areas I want to have in the way that I ultimately could to the scale that I fundamentally believe I can. And I could, I could just stay in that place. And, and one thing, I've, I've kind of written some notes before here. And I, so one thing this moment made me realize is that I needed to change. Now, there's kind of a process that I need to go through to change. But I think the first thing I needed to do, and this is with my wife as well, with Joe, is that I needed to understand that I needed to change my mindsets. And as I kind of had this realization, I needed to explore some of the mindsets that have made it be okay for me to be in this place. And one of those mindsets for me, I'll share one of those mindsets. So, um, again, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, um, I come from poor. I come from poor. Um, my parents, we, we, we come from the poor side of town. My parents are great role models because my parents are great role models that if you're a hard worker and you make good behavior decisions, you can you can move on from poor. And so I, I started in the poor side of town. Um, academically, I didn't do that well. Um, but my parents were role models. So one thing my parents did teach me is, is kind of hard work. And they did teach me some good things about savings and basic money and stuff like that. But I left school at 15, no qualifications, academically a failure, and coming from poor. And, and like little things, there were scars that come with it. Like I remember, for example, trying to pick up a girl in town one night. And when I informed her which school I went to, which is not one of the greatest schools in, in Christchurch, she didn't want to have a bar of me. And, and that was something that kind of ingrained in me. That was something that kind of scarred me and it reinforced that 
that you know that that poor thing that comes with me and in many ways poor that kind of poor thing motivated me to, to be really good at money and the benefit is is that I've been good with money I've had good systems around money I've saved I've invested early so there's some really good stuff around that but one of the mindsets I have that's held me back is that we've got to this level in our life where if we can sustain this level for kind of like the next seven or eight years we'll be in a really good position where we could retire a little bit younger than when most people can retire so the mindset I have in myself is don't don't take big risks you know you know what you, you, you know this works even though you're kind of in this kind of doing that's not really progressing, not challenging you and not, you know, but you know, if you can do this for another five, six years, you're going to be in a great position. And then, you know, then in that five, six years from it, then you can be that person. You know, stay on this path that's safe. But if you go in five years, then you can be that person. And interesting, I had a, I actually, I had a session with one of my clients. And one of my clients is a financial guy and he's put together a course around finances and um, and so to support him and because I was interested in his course I paid to do his course and it was a great course I highly recommend it was a, when he kind of makes it more public I'll let you guys know about it because it was a great course and uh, as a part of the course and he over delivered way too much um, and uh, so once once he did the course you had a kind of one-on-one session with him and one thing he said to me which really confronted me because he kind of you had to reveal all your financial position and he said to me, why don't you invest? Because I kind of told him what I would ultimately have to be doing with my time. And I, and I kind of said, you know, we're, we're thinking maybe five years in the future that what we'll do. And he said, well, you've got a certain amount of money. Why wouldn't you take a chunk of that and bet on yourself right now? Why wouldn't you take a chunk of that and bet on yourself right now? But that went against that mindset of wait five years and you'll get there. And this is one of the mindsets I needed to change in this moment of change. One of the mindsets I, I need to change is that stay on the path because it's a safe path and you know you're going to get to a pretty good life ahead of most people in a short period of time. Because that there keeps me in my current place. One of the other mindsets, and this is one of the things I loved around uh, so another book I read. So that Clockwork book was a really influential book and then I've been doing some more study. And, and one of them is this kind of concept of who, not how. And they talk about in small business owners, one of the common faults, and I'm, I'm a classic example of this, is when there's a problem, you go, how can I fix this problem? Not who can fix this problem. And this is traditionally what's happened with our business. Both Joe and I, when there's a problem, we just go, how do we fix this problem? And that's why we're caught in this trap of the doing ourselves. Because we haven't built the people around us to help solve our problems. And this became a fundamental problem, or this is a fundamental mindset that's worked against me and kept me in this place. So the first thing I needed to explore was, to create change, what are the mindsets I need to shift in my life to allow me to make that change? So so when, like those two examples I share right there. So the first example was, wait, wait, you know, to that five to eight years in the future, because if you're just down this path right now, you're going to get there safely. The other one was, you know, the who, not how. So the first thing I did is shift in my mindset. So for example, one thing, you know, I've talked about in this, this podcast, how I'm writing my second book right now. And I'm really proud of this book and I've, I'm literally going to be finishing it in the next 10 days, at least first draft. 
So I'm really excited about this book and, I, and I, I'm proud of it. I think it's a book that can have a massive impact on so many people who aren't moving. I, I really do. And I want to create a business model around it. Now, the old me would have said, how do I do this? The old me would have said, how do I do this? So it would have been a, a three-year project which would have taken up more time, would have made me more stressed, would have made me, you know, like it, it just would have made me feel more piled on in my life. And actually, when I was going back to that kind of thing, that realization moment, it, it wasn't that my life wasn't busy. You know, when I think of, you know, when I, you know, if you look at my life before this moment, this last five, six, ten years, it's not that my life's not busy. It's just I'm not stretching and challenging. And so the old me in this kind of going back to my book project, I would have thought, how do I do this? And I would have tried to do it all by myself. Whereas now, I literally, in my head, I'm just saying, who not how? Who not how? Who not how? Like, interestingly, with our business, I've, I've just offloaded my marketing job, which, again, I've never liked my marketing job. I'm good at it. Um, I get it, but it's, it's not my passionate thing. So that's, that's another thing, is that a lot of those tasks that I was doing is not the thing I love doing. For example, I, I love helping people move. I love teaching exercise one-on-one with a group of people. I love creative solutions. I love designing new stuff. You know, that's the stuff I love. So A, I was busy not doing the stuff I love. Don't get me wrong, it's not that I hated it. But it wasn't the stuff that I loved the most. And then B, again, I wasn't stretched or pushed. So then when I think about these mindset shifts, so now as I think about this book, I'm thinking to myself, who, not how? So now what I'm starting to think about is I need to build some teams around me. Like I was thinking the other day, okay, well, I need to get a publishing team. I need to get a sales and marketing team. I need to get a PR team. So this is what I'm starting to think about as I move towards, I need to, a, a content creation team around me. Then secondly, if we go back to that kind of the financial side of it, that kind of waiting five years till we get to that point, I need to invest in myself. I need to invest in this book. This book's going to be a project that if I want to get teams around me, I've got to pay these people. Uh, do I believe in the book? Yep. Do I believe there's a business model that can work with the book? Totally. Um, so I need to let go of trying to wait till tomorrow and I need to invest some of the money that I've saved all over these years to back myself. And you can see that these mindsets are a complete shift to where I was. But these two mindsets, and there's different, there's more mindsets, I'm just kind of going into two right now, but when you, you can see that these two mindsets are absolutely massive to shifting the way I move forward in my life. First of all, I need to build teams around me. Okay, so that's the first thing I need to do, because if I can get teams, the who not how, I can get A, I can get ex- experts. Like interesting, I've just offloaded my marketing job to a guy called Marcus. He lives in, in I think he lives in Denmark. Yeah, he lives in Denmark. That's the world we live in nowadays. Um, and he's to come on board and he tells me, he shows me how he's reporting his ads. He, he, like this guy studied this stuff. As much as I was doing an okay job of it, he's way better than I am. So I can get teams who are better at me who are more specialized in the areas that I need them to be great at. So I can get teams around me. But I can also invest in myself. Now, there's a risk. I could spend whatever it's going to cost for me to get this book to market, and it can be a total failure. But you've got to back yourself in life sometimes, don't you? And I, and I fundamentally believe the work that I'm doing in this book can help the world. I really do. So I've got to back that as well, don't I? And if I fundamentally believe it, and I can get it right, it could be massively successful. 
And then what, you know, we go back to them, think of the reach and all that kind of stuff I talk about. And then my own growth, my own stretch in this journey is going to be absolutely massive. So once I started to understand that I need to shift my mindsets, and I've done some big exploration around the different mindsets I need to have in place around this, then I need to create a new plan. And, and I think one of the things that I've discovered right now is that I need to shift my self-development. I need to shift my self-development. So for example, let's go back to this publishing of the book. So let's say I need four teams. I need a publishing team. I need a content creation team. I need a sales and marketing team. And I probably need a, like a PR team, which probably sits under sales and marketing. So let's say three teams. Uh, content publishing, content creation, sales and marketing. Okay, that's, that's my three teams. There probably are some more, but let's just go there. Well, really... My job is now a manager of teams. And, and I may have told this story on the podcast in the past, but I'm going I'm to share it with you again because it's a really good example of this. So a few years ago, I was in Germany and I met a genius. Seriously, I met a genius. One of the ladies on the camp was this lovely lady and she was doing, um, she was doing a camp that my, myself and my other guy, who I do my other podcast with John, had put on. And she was amazing, really awesome lady. And then her husband turned up, and he turned out to be this genius character. Like, I've never met a genius in my life. And this guy was a genius. He was like a Harvard professor. He'd started companies that had been some of the top businesses in America, like like top 500, top uh, maybe top 100 companies in America. He was telling me he had a, a research project that had like a billion-dollar R&D around solving some aspect of cancer. Like this guy, and, and anything you talked about, this guy knew like the hundredth layer. Like if you talked about, I don't know, cancer, he knew the hundredth layer of cancer. If you talked about sport, he knew the hundredth layer of sport. He was a genius. And I loved him. I literally, for the three days I knew this man, he must have got sick of me because I was stuck at his hip. And and he wasn't, he, like no one else knew around who this guy was. He wasn't, he wasn't bash, bashful. He wasn't promoting himself to anyone I'm just a curious person, and once I kind of discovered I'm in the presence of a genius, I'm, I'm hanging around this guy because he was that good. But one thing I was really fascinated with, I think at that time he had three businesses, and again, businesses that had like a billion dollar R&D. So these are huge businesses who are trying to solve massive problems, like trying to solve a cancer. This guy was an absolute rock star. And he said to me, he goes, Bevan, um, I don't see my, my job nowadays is to mentor CEOs. My job nowadays is to mentor CEOs. That I get great people around me, and then my job is just to mentor them. Now, he's having impact. He's making a massive difference on the world. But he, he's not doing it himself. He's who, not how. Now, he's getting high-level people. He's getting the best of the best. And then he's just trying to help them grow to have the impact in the way that he wants to have impact. And as I look at the future I want to create, as I see that I need to be a leader of teams, and I've done some learning around how you need to manage teams, but, but ultimately when I think about my own development now, I need to become a great leader of teams. That's what I need to do. I need to create an understanding of how you build teams, how you how you select a great team, how you guide your leaders. 
because I don't want to be a manager of the team. I want to get leaders to manage the aspects of the team. And then what I want to be is kind of like my CEO genius mate. He's not really a mate. He probably doesn't even remember who I am, but I'm claiming it. I want to be like him. And one thing they talk about in the clockwork book is, is that when you look at a great business owner, it's almost like they have a dashboard of a car in front of them. And they, and they have the kind of the six or seven measurements that create success with their business. And what they do is they have the leaders who have ownerships and then they set goals. But then you just mentor these people along the way. And so when I think about my own development, there needs to be a shift. Because how I've developed myself up to this point isn't that. So when I think about my own stretch and my own learning and how I'm going to spend my time and energy in this next moment in my life, it's completely different. Because with the shift in the mindset and the shift in the way I'm going to try to live my life moving forward, I need to develop myself in different ways. The, the second thing, and this probably should have come before that thing there, is there's a process in the steps of the journey. So if I'm going to kind of take, break this down into different steps, first step would be that I've discovered, I had the awareness moment. You know what? I haven't stretched, I haven't grown, I haven't challenged, I haven't had more impact. Um, I can justify it because it's still been a good life, but I need to change. Second is you need to change your mindsets. Third is you need to create a pathway for the change. And this is really important because at the same time as I want to get to this place, I can't just stop doing all my doing jobs overnight. I can't. I can't just go, you know what? I'm no longer going to do that 99.9% of tasks that I discovered that I was doing when we did that time audit around Joe and Maya's time. I just can't do that. So I have to accept that there's a transition period that I'm working through. And, and to be honest, that's what I'm in right now. So for example, my sales and marketing. My sales and marketing role probably took 10 to 15 hours a week of my week, each week of my life. That was how much time it took. Now, I needed to offload it. I wanted to get that 10 to 15 hours back to myself. But I just want to just get rid of it, because if I just get rid of it without wisely transitioning that through, then my business is going to fall over, because my business needs sales and marketing. So first of all, I had to think of the wisest way to get the right person. So I did some research on understanding how to find somebody who'd be good at sales and marketing. I did some auditions. I did some, you know, did some, found out the kind of questions you need to ask these people with the deep knowledge of understanding they need to get. And then I found a person who seems like a great fit. And we're kind of in this trial and we've set up how this relationship is going to work. But in my first, you know, I, I, really this project started at the beginning of this year. So when I look at my work in this last month, well, last six weeks, I've offloaded that task. Now I'm starting to offload some of my other tasks. And at the moment, I'm in the process of, of employing somebody who will be able to take over more of the everyday tasks that are, are probably a bit more generalized, don't need such a specific skill set as the, for myself as a marketing person. And, and the aim is that should be done the transition from me getting someone on board to them understanding the systems to them overtaking those systems and having ownership and, ha and understanding how that, that kind of mentorship will happen with that person is probably still another six weeks to two months away. So there's this transition I need to go through. As much as I want to be doing the book project and building those teams and all the rest of it, I can't just let go of the things that I was previously doing. So there is this transition period that you need to work towards. Then... As I'm gaining time, I've got to make sure I find my right focuses. 
One of my biggest faults in life is I'm a bit like um, the dog that sees the next thing. You know, like that, um, there's that movie, is it Up? Uh, where there's a dog carrying it. It's like, what's that? What's that? What's that? And I can be a bit like that. I can be, I'm an ideas guy. I can very much just get excited by the thing that's in front of me right now. So one thing I need to think about is as I gain time, what's the best use of my design time? Because I want to become, if we go back to that clockwork book, I want to become a designer. So to me, there's two areas that I want to design. Design improving my current business. So when I look at that, one area in my current business, we're very lucky that we pick great coaches because I've got a great coaching team. We've got about 15 coaches working for us. They're all passionate, they're all highly skilled, they all care about their people and they all do great work. We're very lucky. And when it comes to managing them, we, we don't do a lot of management. We also don't do a, a huge amount of training with them. We do a little bit of training, we kind of get them on board, we give them shadows, we have a couple of sessions with them, we do a little bit of feedback. But if I've got to be honest, it's, it's not a great level of training. So one of the big projects I need to work on with a team is a training system to make sure our coaching levels just 10 times better than anything out there. That's, that's a really good design project for me. Now, when I think about the designing side of it, I need to build a team. So that I might do aspects of it, but my team will run that project. So that's improving my business. That's, that's a really good use of my business time, my business design time. That's a good project that I want to focus on in this next moment as I gain more time. Then the other project is the book project. The book project, I, I, I hope that people will listen to this in the future because, you know, podcasting people can go back and listen to old episodes. And I, I and if you're, okay, here we go. If you're listening to this five years from now, so I've recorded this in 2021, February the 20th, 2021, I recorded this. If, if you're listening to this in 2026, and you've heard of my book, and my book's a big thing. Flick me an email. It means I got this right. Um, the thing about books, here's the thing about books. That book you've heard of, that book you've bought, has had a great sales and marketing project around it. It's had strategies that take success. You know, the thing about books is, the, one, the book that wins is the book that tends to have the biggest sales and marketing strategy. It's, it's, I know that sounds, you know, word of mouth helps, but ultimately you need money. You know, you need money to find your audience, especially in today's world because everyone's trying to find an audience. You know, like nowadays trying to start a podcast is so hard if you haven't got a budget because everyone's starting a podcast. You know, I'm lucky because I started years ago when podcasting wasn't a big thing. So I've got a good audience and appreciate all you people listening to this. But, but nowadays it's so tough. And so, you know, I've got to create a, a business around this book. Now, that's that's good use of my focus. So one thing I've got to, just, to think about is, what are my next moves? What are my next moves? And my next moves, need I need to get that right. Because if I can get that right, they should be aligned to the bigger impact I'm trying to have. Ultimately, they should be stretching and growing me. Ultimately, they should be stretching and growing me. Because ultimately, what is the point of this? The whole point of this is that I need to be challenged. I feel most alive when I'm challenged. I love challenge. And because I want to grow in the ways that I think I can have the biggest impact, bigger impact on the world, it's important that I get good at getting this. Like I need to be stretched. And 
Again, I'm not afraid of stretch, but I've just created a life where I'm not. I've created a life where I'm not challenged. I've created a life where I'm no longer expanding the reach that I can have. And I need to. And this is a turning point in my life. If I can get this next moment right and set the right plans in motion, it's hard to think what I can create in the future. Whereas if you think of that version of myself who was, you know, six months ago, who was just thinking, get through the next five, six years, um, you know, stay the course, you got a good life. Tomorrow looked the same as today. Tomorrow looked the same. Five years looked the same as today. It's quite an eye-opener when you think about it. And then probably the last point to think about with this is, as I move forward, I just need to keep awareness tools to catch me from falling back into that place where comfort is in, in place. So to recap, I've woken up in a moment of, the, of awareness in my life where I've realized while I have a great life, while I, it's, there's nothing wrong with this life I'm leading right now, I'm not stretched, I'm not challenged, I'm, I'm doing the same stuff day in, day out, stuff that I'm maybe not even good at, which keeps me busy, which, which doesn't allow me to have the impact to the scale that I, I would love to have in my life. I needed to create some change. And in doing that, it's a few things that I needed to do. First of all, I needed to realize I needed to change some mindsets. I've shared two today, the idea of betting on myself, the idea of um, who, not how. There's many other mindsets I've had to shift as well. Secondly, or thirdly, I needed to offload my old life. There's a risk involved in this. Like I was showing Joe the other day, what would it cost us to employ someone to do 20 hours of work doing the tasks that, you know, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But I've got to back myself. We've got to back ourselves, you know, like Joe and I, we're good at what we do. Imagine what if we could put more of this in there. Thirdly, I need to develop myself in different ways. I've got to be the CEO. I've got to be the mentor of CEOs. That's what I've got to be. I've got to be a designer. That's, that's really, as I think of myself in the future, as being a great mentor and a great designer. That's, that's my life moving forward. Then I've got to plan my next moves really wisely. I've got to plan them really wisely because I can, I can, I can get distracted, guys. I can get distracted. And then as I move into my future, to have great awareness tools to catch if I fall back. This is a journey. It's a big journey for me. I've got to be honest. Joe came up to me the other day. And she was, she was, she was a little bit concerned because I think she, had, she you know, I shared some of the stuff with her, and and she was concerned that I was unhappy with my life, and I'm not. That's the good thing about me is, and maybe that's why I got caught in this trap because I've got a good life. And she was like, "But you want to make all these changes?" And I was like, "Yeah, but but I'm excited about this. I'm not. I'm not as like, oh, my life sucks. I need to change. It's like, like." I'm excited. I, I want to live this life. I, I, the, the future, not knowing the future, but being excited about moving into it. Man, that's the life I want to lead. So this is a project that I'm working on. And I've got to be honest, there's moments of doubt. Can I build a good team? Do I have the skills? That's the stretch. That's the challenge. You know, when you've got doubt, you've got to step up. You've got to face up. You've got to grow. That's where I'm trying to move in my life. So, as I said at the beginning of the show, today's episode is very much about me and this moment I am in my life. And, and I hope 
you've gained something from this. I hope you have because um, sometimes just listening to other people's moment and experience helps us realize that we need to shift as well. And I hope that my sharing, particularly if you're in a similar place to me, helps you think about where you want to progress forward in your life. And ultimately, become that better version of yourself. Radio team, hopefully you got something from that. There's, it's, it's a really interesting moment in my life, eh? Like it really is. And, and I think that maybe when, you know, my 20s I was that person. My 20s I stretched, I challenged, I grew. Even probably to halfway through my 30s. And um, I think as an old version of me, if, if I get to live to be an old person, I really see this as being a turning moment. I really do. I, I really think... Um, Wow, like, like I may even come back and listen to this podcast in twenty years from now and go, "Wow, that was the moment," and how cool is that? And um, yeah, it's pretty exciting when you think about it. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, you know I, I had Donald on last time. Donald, uh, thank you, Donald, for coming on the show, and I had some really great feedback about him. And you could see if again check out check out last episode, um, and he and he said to me afterwards um, something along the lines of. I'm not sure if there was much of a fitness podcast. And and I've got to be honest, Donald, you know, we didn't talk about fitness a lot, but it wasn't about that because it's about behavior. It's about being that higher version of yourself. And when you get to speak to a wise man like Donald who's lived a life, has so much to offer, that, that applies to fitness as well. And, and today's episode, do some boobies. <laughs> there's, your, there's your fitness aspect of it. Um but if you even think about yourself with fitness around this, you know, it's something to think about as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. This was very much just my inner experience. So if you want to if you want to support the show, go to bevanjamesohios.com, click on um, support me or podcast support me, and then you can give a little bit of hard money my way. Uh, also, if you enjoy the show, put a put a uh, two things you can do. Go onto your podcatcher, put a rating on uh Tell your friends about it. People know what podcasting is nowadays. Just And maybe if you've got an episode in particular that you really like, share it with someone in your life and maybe that will help. Um, I fundamentally believe we can all grow. I fundamentally believe we can all grow. And everything I try to do is about helping people grow. And so by creating this podcast and creating this content, hopefully I help you grow in your life. Uh, if I, you can help me keep more people growing, that's what this is all about. Lastly, if you want to check out my 5K running program, My 5K Dream, um, you can go to my5kdream.com. It's a, it's a downloadable program. It's got everything you need to run 5Ks. I'm actually really proud of the product, and I've had a couple of people recently contact me who have just recently done it, and they just said it absolutely was absolutely awesome. It had everything they needed, so I'm really proud of that. Anyway, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'll have an interview on for you guys, so keep rocking on, keep being you, and... Keep supporting the show. As always, keep being you.